Hey, hey, welcome back, Wind Against Titers. Welcome to the live stream again, coming to you from Joey's fish tank room. Beautiful scenes we have behind us with the majestic, uh, majestic tropical fish swimming around peacefully while we talk all, th- all things fishing. Massive show tonight. We are joined by special guest Matthew Hunt. And as well as that, there's heaps of other stuff to chat about. We've got some updates with some of the stuff we talked about last week um, with a bit of hunting um, duck ban info. The, we mentioned the um, state of the Columbia sports fishing ban. Uh, I've been on a rowdy bucks party to Lake Yildon over the weekend. I'm sure Joey's got some stuff to update us with too, don't you, Joe? Absolutely. Good to be back in the studio, Dave. Um, we are on the cusp of a long weekend. So long weekend, that always definitely means going fishing and getting away and just truly just a celebration of life, Dave, if I must say so myself. Um, I'm going to give you guys a a local Melbourne and Western Port uh, weather update. And, oh my goodness, I've just got to kick off with, um, we just had a wonderful dinner before we kicked off tonight's podcast. I uh, fired up my little mini uh, Weber that I bought from Bunnings and um, we made some um, burgers and sausages and Dave absolutely just lit up like a marlin behind the bait ball. You should have seen him <laughs> smash it. <laughs> Mate, I was like a lit up blue marlin chasing a 12-inch lure and I was hot to trot. No, seriously, uh, we talk about Joey's culinary skills a fair bit but, um, you know, he, someone needs to husband him because that was an exceptional evening of foodery. Uh, Joe used his little Weber, as he said, and the smoky flavours coming out in the patented Joe Burgers, as we call them. Joe, quickly run us through a, a Joe Burger recipe because we talk about it a lot. And I think you can pretty quickly cover it and people will know how to cook just like you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's based off uh, an American smash burger. Um, We use three-star mince, which has got quite a lot of fat um, in it, and it's just simply uh, crushed crushed salt and um, pepper, just a pinch, a little bit. Work it through. You don't want to work the meat too much and just simply just smash them down. But um, I placed them in the little Weber queue on the hot coal beads and we just seared them um, on the coals um, for a couple of minutes uh, each side and then we move them off the hot coals and we pop the lid on um, for about 20 minutes. Just before they're about to eat, um, you put the cheese on and you melt the cheese onto the meat. Um, Then you can serve it up with nice brioche bun or any sauces or any toppings. Um, that you like to enjoy on burgers. So, yeah, absolutely great. It's so it's just simple ingredients, but it's just the way that you cook them and put them together. So there's this American smash burgers. <laughs> That's the Joey mantra. Now, I actually cooked some of these on the weekend. Um, I, was at, I was at Lake Yield and Joey on a, a big camping trip. It's my brother's wedding this oh, boy. Thursday. <laughs> and he might be listening to this going, please, God, Dave, don't go into details. And you know what? I won't. Because what happens on a Bucks party stays on a Bucks party. Because we actually went to wait Lake Hilden for your Bucks yeah, we weekend when Dave got married and um, that was quite a memorable trip. So, yeah. It was very memorable. So we thought we'd recreate it a little bit. And, um, yeah, we went went to Lake Hilden and uh, we were about eight of us camping. And, you know, it is truly a beautiful place at Lake Joey. Like, we don't go there enough and it, it should be appreciated. Like, it's world-class scenery. You're in this big valley Surrounded by mountainous uh, forest, um, beautiful wildlife all around, and can you can you drink the water? 
Oh, no, you cannot drink the water. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking, but isn't there some nice mountain streams around there that you can drink the water from? Yeah, if you went up, up some of those streams high enough, the water would become pretty drinkable. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did the Joe Burgers. Um, cooking's always important, but I wanted to touch on the fishing, although, you know, it's a Bucks weekend, so a lot of drinking, Joe. Not yeah. so much fishing, but there was a bit of competition between the boys. We had two boats going. And um, and what boats? What boats did you guys um, have up on the lake amongst the the group of fellas? Well, I towed up Tom's tinny. I didn't want to take my boat because fiberglass trees, scratchy, scratchy, no good. <laughs> so, well, Dave loves a nice scratch on his boat. I, I think oh, unless a fish has got something to do with it, I don't think he's quite into it. No, she's got enough marlin bill scratches and wayward gaffs. So, <laughs> so no, I didn't um, take my boat up, but we towed Tom's Webster Twin Fisher. Which, um, that is the perfect fishing boat, Joe. I don't even know if you know that, but it actually has self-anointed itself as the perfect fishing boat. It's got a, a badge on it. Yep, I've, I've seen the sticker um, of the, the Webster Twin Fisher, so yep, that's correct. And then um, one of the other boys had like a um, little Stessel side consulting, so. So yeah, we did a bit of um, trout, uh, sorry, cod trolling. And so it was good to see how healthy that fishery is because um, we were just pretty much trolling around talking crap um, and some some members of the party may have been drinking a bit much and we, we not I, uh, the boats picked up quite a number of um, small Murray cod. Um, so, you know, these were, they were no doubt small but they were, it shows that that um, fishery is looking good into the future, Joey. Yeah. So, uh, one how, of, so, so how many cods did you guys bag? And I think we got like six or so, a um, bunch of redfin and the old uh, camp carp where you park up at night and chuck a couple of rods out and whack a few carp. It was whack, it was carp whacking day, Joe. <laughs> no, carps are good fun. I I've, I caught a couple of carp when I went with uh, on, on Dave's bucks and just a little bit of sweet corn on the on a hook on the back of the houseboat and um, yeah, that was a that was a great bit of fun just watching the rod just. <laughs> buckle over when we got the barbecue going. It was excellent. I'll tell you what. It's very relaxing. Yeah. Even even though I don't like to re- relax much for fishing, like I'm just not that type. Like some people like like it to go fishing to relax and, and whatnot. But, yeah, I've, I think I've been uh, groomed to get results. <laughs> no, you're a bit of a thrill seeker, Joey. Yeah. Even I, when I'm trying to like relax and know, I know it's not a fishing trip, I can't help myself. I get a bit like I'm chucking the biggest cod baits I've got Um Grabbed a bunch of them off, uh, off Mitchie Chapman. Che- checking the tackle, making sure the yeah, knots yeah, are... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm casting away and I'm thinking, you know what, these bastards have caught all these little cod and they might be mocking me, but I'm going to come home strong here with a one metery, which didn't happen, but that's the thought process on, on these trips. Yeah, I'm into it. Hey, you guys, um, if you haven't already checked, uh, Dave dropped a new video this week. It's uh, how to pop bluefin tuna in Bass Strait. I might have minced that title, but it's something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's we had another great topwater session a couple of weeks ago. And I just wanted to share with uh, the viewers uh, how, you know, really the secret, Dave, I've unlocked the secret to tuna fishing. What's that, Joe? So when they're going on the surface, you cast out your your lure, your yes. popper. Yes. You cast it out. And then when it hits the water... Uh, you've you've actually got to pop it really slow, <laughs> really slow. You pop, pop, pop. 
But then what happens sometimes the the lure tangles up and then you gotta wind it in really fast through the basket because the tuna busting everywhere and then wind it up again and then cast it out again and then in front of the tuna then you go small <laughs> pop pop oh baby you gotta pop pop and then bang you're on oh and then you just and that's the secret to tuna fishing you idiot. <laughs> um, no, I did enjoy that, Joe. Did you enjoy I that? I've been rehearsing that all week for you. Have you? Well, yeah, mate, yeah. I've got to say you nailed that. But, yeah, uh, there um, you go. No, I will admit you outfished me quite uh, comprehensively. Yeah. I, but you know what, Joe? I was quite busy trying to film things and you were, you rushed to the rod and you know how to get in there first. First cast, bang. Yeah. Well, look, someone's got to drive the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a hard <laughs> life. But you know what? I enjoy watching you struggle for... 30 minutes on each fish anyway, so. Oh, he, he, was, he was a pig of a man. He, I was hooked up and, and he's actually trying to um, troll the boat closer to where the mutton birds were dipping their little heads in the water and he's like, Joe, you're taking too long. So he took me and the fish like this and we're just <laughs> slowly moving over to the mutton bird schools and, oh, yeah. Mate, you were taking way too long. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, ah. Oh. Nuts, stuff you. So, yeah, like you said, I just drove arrogantly towards where the birds were and you had to tow your fish along. But it was, it was funny because I was having a great time presenting to the camera and saying, <laughs> oh, look, the gear is very beautiful and look at the rod, it's bending. And, and you normally we have to fight the tackle, but then this time it's just a pleasure to fish with. And Dave's going, yeah, cut the bullshit, Joey. We've got to get over to these mutton birds. So he towed me the little bugger. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I think maybe we'll go up a little bit in tackle. Specifically for you, because oh. um, they're, they're quite sorted events, these um, tuna battles when you're on the rod. Um, I'm going to give you a quick uh, weather update. Beautiful. Let's All go right. to that. So it's Labor Day long weekend, folks. I'm sure a lot of you guys are thinking of uh, getting away, going fishing. Um, we're just going to read it straight off the, the bomb here. Uh, we've got the forecast uh, for Friday, uh, westerly 10 to 15 knots becoming variable below 10 knots in the middle of the day, then becoming southerly to 10 to 15 knots in the late afternoon and evening. Seas are around one metre, weather's partly cloudy. Saturday the 11th of March, variable about 10 knots, becoming southerly 10 to 15 knots in the early afternoon, then decreasing about 10 knots in the late evening. Seas below one metre, weather becoming cloudy. Sunday the 12th of March, uh, which I reckon is probably going to be the busiest day out of a lot of them, um, winds southerly 10 to 15 knots, uh, increasing to 15 to 20 knots during the afternoon. Uh, seas are around one metre and the weather's partly cloudy. Monday the, uh, the 13th of March, the actual public holiday, southeasterly 10 to 15 knots, seas around one metre, weather partly cloudy. Um, for Western Port, we've got uh, on Friday the 10th of March, West to southwesterly, 10 to 15 knots, decreasing to about 10 knots during the morning, then turning southerly during the afternoon. Seas 1 to 2 metres, decreasing 0.5 a metre during the morning. Uh, Saturday the 11th of March, easterly below 10 knots, becoming northeast to northwesterly during the morning, then becoming southerly about 10 knots during the afternoon. Sunday the 12th of March, south to southeasterly below 10 knots, increasing 10 to 15 knots during the morning. Uh, Western Port sounds pretty good Sunday to me if you don't <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. Uh, Monday the 13th of March, south to south easterly, below 10 knots, increasing to 10 to 15 knots during the afternoon. 
seas below one metre. So there we go. There is uh, Joey's uh, weather update. What are we getting from that info, Joey? When will you be fishing and what will you be fishing for? I've got some – I'm playing bass this weekend, but I won't be partaking in fishing this weekend, but I expect to see um, a lot of uh, friends reporting in and hearing about everybody else's wonderful time this weekend, Dave. Yeah, well, I also won't be fishing, Joey. I've got a, I've got a, a big wedding on um, over the weekend. But, um, yeah, that forecast is looking pretty good for those that are, are local to us. Just speaking recently also, actually, in fact, only a couple of hours ago, for those of you that are looking for a window to get up marlin fishing, because marlin is really the uh, vogue fish at the moment, uh, I spoke to good mate Rodney Gillum. He's out of, up there at Bermagui. He's up there all week, the lucky bugger. And he reports the weather is um, really nice. Uh, not that it matters because he's in like a 50-foot Maritimo quite thing type thing. And uh, he said the marlin have just just the last day or so started to go pretty stupid, Joey. So nice. The water's nice. held up a little bit there. And um, he reports they had a few fish up today um, when they were switch baiting, which was pretty exciting for him. And a lot of boats did nail quite a few fish. So uh, it's kind of looking reasonable up there after we reported last week that um the current was pushing super hard it seems like it's holding up a little bit so if you into your marlin fishing uh bermagui at the moment is starting to look good i did hear whispers of some fish further south um but i've also heard the water's quite uh, turned over a little bit there so not sure what the go is at the moment but i think your sure bet would be uh bermagui joey nice man nice i love it now, are we going to try again? Yeah, we can try you again. she's all set up? Yeah, we'll give it a go. All righty. You there, Dave? Matt, how you going? Good. How's yourselves? Yeah, good, mate. So um, just to introduce you a little bit, I mean, everyone probably is aware of who you are, but uh, Matthew Hunt, you run a fishing charter called Matthew Hunt's Fishing Services, uh, predominantly down there in southwest Victoria, Portland, and then you come up and do snapper in um, Port Phillip, and um, you've been doing this a very, very long time, Matt. So how's the fishing been down your way there? You're currently at Portland, is that right? Yeah, we're back at Portland, Dave, and um, it's a typical um, sort of southeasterly summer, as you could say. The bay's warmer than it is out wider. Um, we're seeing the migratory paths of all the different kinds of fish, like the salmon and the cooter, um, the different whales and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's on par with other years. Suppose we're just like everyone with the southeasterlies just make it a little bit hard down here at this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So the weather's there, as you're saying, has been pretty average. But in in between those um crap weather days, you've managed to get out. And I saw you had a really awesome um, run of kingfish, or oh, probably about a month or so back. Now, is that sort of some of the best kingfish fishing you've seen down there for some time? Oh, it is for for numbers and size. But um, yep. we've had that size before, and we've had better numbers. So. Yep. Um, it's been really hard this year with the water conditions. As you saw um, last week with that bite and the rip, I think the boys got three or four days at them and then they just disappear yep. um, or become invisible. Um, we have the same problem down here where you can be a hero one day at one spot and then you've got to be 20 k's down the track the next spot to follow the water or the conditions that the fish are following. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're very finicky that way, kingfish, but also... Uh, I saw with those rip ones, I reckon there was about 300 boats all zipping around the, the rip chasing the charter boats. So that potentially might not have helped either. I don't know if you experience it down there so much, but yeah, I don't know if that played oh, definitely a role the pressure. 
Yeah, the, the boats t- down here tend to anchor because they can because it's a lot shallower down here and that does kill the bite. Yeah. And you'll find the fish do move on a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, once once the um, bait's thinned out or that feeding bite time's go- um, come and gone. Yep. So, yeah, um, you know, the fishing lately, we've been, the tuna have been very good here um, when we can get out and we're seeing the sort of normal bites of double figures when we're going out, which is good to see. Um, in the summer, it generally thins out and we target all sorts of species. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that water settle down in the 40 to 60 metre depth and um, that fishing has become really good for our clients. And, um, you know, that's what we'll concentrate going on into winter. Yeah, so it's yeah good that you bring that up. I was gonna—that was my next question. Um, so you've sort of made port on your base, and you'll be there through um, probably till snapper season now. So what's your projection for the season ahead? What will you? Um, you said you'll keep targeting the school bluefin for a bit now, but then what are you looking to move into from then on? Oh, look, we'll do a bit of deep dropping later in the year um, when the moon's right and the tides are right and if the conditions are right. Um, but, you know, a lot of sharks down here, um, you know, gummy and school sharks are our staple. Yep. And and a little bit later on, we get a good, good run of snapper down here too. So, um, you know, we've got lots of options for our people, um, but we can be limited in what they are due to the conditions or the water water um, conditions as well. Yep. Now, um, I know last time I fished with you a while back, um, you were sort of quite majestically talking about why you chose Portland as your base. Um, and I thought it was a it was pretty interesting insight you had um, about why you think it's such an exceptional fishery. Did you want to maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Oh, look, if you're talking about the biomass of bait and the, the nutrients of water we get here um, due to the bonnie upwelling, I could go on for ages, Dave. I don't know how, how long we've got and what angle you want to take. Oh, um, as long but, as you want you to know, talk. <laughs> you know, um, I'll talk about it all day, but, you know, um, just just the amount of nutrients in the water and, and the, the bulk amount of food and the bulk amount of wildlife that predates on that food just makes it the, the western frontier, as we've always called it, you know, whether it be bottom bouncing, shark fishing um, or, or tuna fishing when the barrels are, come through, you know what I mean? So um, it's just... It's not just the fishing here. As I, as I told you um, on the phone before we spoke, I saw blue whales for the first time in probably a dozen years um, on my trip last Saturday. And we all just put the rods down and put the boat in neutral and, and, and just looked at these things for an hour, you know, because I know we won't see them for a long time. And it's just a once-in-a-lifetime sort of a, 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 a vision for my people. So we just we concentrated on that. And, you know, you've got the gannets, you've got the migration of penguins, you've got leatherback turtles you've got uh huge amounts of sardine and shimmering schools of bait fish for acres at times um it's just never ending down here dave yeah absolutely i mean i've experienced that myself it's uh, nature lovers uh heaven down there now uh if i could ask you one thing what is your absolute favorite species to be targeting down there Oh, definitely the tuna. Yep. Um, I, I, I cut my teeth on those up on the east coast, um, yellowfin and bluefin, and um, I did come to Portland because of that and the development of the fishery. Um, and, you know, the fact that I could do it out of Melbourne now doesn't deter me from coming back here because um, we've got so many other options. I think you saw in the last two months I've had some of the best fishing of my life with those king fishing, um, the, the good mako we got, and also a personal blue eye I got. So... 
um, that just opens my eyes that um, you've got to look close to home sometimes, like a lot of anglers are now doing um, with what they've got on their doorstep. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's like um, the last frontier is seems to be what you can achieve close to home almost these days. So, the, with been, a price of fuel, it's got to be. <laughs> <it, mate? laughs> yeah, I know prospecting can be quite expensive, as I'm sure you're yeah. aware. But I think you've got a pretty sizable engine in that beautiful boat of yours. <laughs> I think it's a V8, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, we tick through we we tick through the um the fuel on that one, but um yeah, you know it's um it's worth worth it for the smiles. Yeah. I'll put it that way. It hasn't become too expensive not to go. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and what about the um striped trumpeter i remember you uh exposed or not exposed but you were one of those <laughs> you're one of the guys that brought that fishery to the forefront you know they were known you know tassie's quite famous for it obviously the ta- tasmanian striped trumpeter but uh you found some good fishing down there for them do you still get out and get amongst those these days i haven't recently i tried last year and i got rock cotted and leather jacketed out yeah right um and those that fish the deep water will know you have those days those banana leather jackets they just eat everything that's put down there and um the rock cod well they're up to two and three kilo down here so um you know they're even worse than catching them where you get them but um (laughs) yeah yeah look they're there um but they have good years and bad years depending on the food source and, and also the, um, their migratory um, paths, you know. We, I, I see them sort of in a cycle of eight to ten years when I get them, um, and I haven't seen them for a little while, Dave, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. as a, yeah. Um, we've been catching a lot of shark in that ground and good snapper, yep. but we haven't tripped over the trumpeter in recent times. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, i got a question yeah. for Maddie. M- Maddie, it's Joey. How are you, mate? Good, Joey. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. And Good. whenabouts do you get the um, those big uh, pink ling? Um, they're in the five hundred to six hundred meter water, Joey. Um, yeah, um, they're they're um, sort of in sort of on the sheer edges of um, cliffs, and they live in holes, so to speak. Um, and it's not uncommon to think you're snagged on those. Like they'll they'll go back in the hole, and um, it'll take sort of five or ten minutes. Made it, uh, minutes of driving around in a circle to actually pull them out if you've got a couple on a string. So they can be quite an art, and they'll be limited to a certain area. They're definitely on that that ground that, that, that they can get back into and um, sort of predate predators, uh, predate um, bait fish and stuff as they come past. And are they a seasonal thing, or do they just um, or, or no all year round on those? The trawlers get them all year round um, in different ground to what we do. But um, it's, it's a pretty standard thing now with the deep droppers out of here to either go for the blue eye or the ling. Um, the spots are about five or six kilometres apart. Yeah, beautiful. Now, that makes me think, Matt, um, we get those ling when we're sword dropping off lakes and um, not I don't generally get as excited about them as Joe seems to be. But <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if um, you're the man with the uh, ear to the ground down there. Is there any word on potential swordfish fisheries in your neck of the woods? Oh, not an actual fishery, but certainly sightings, and they've been, they've been taken in trawlers down here before, Dave. I get to yep. ask this question every, every other month, yep. <laughs> and I'm sure if someone put in, um, they, they definitely, um, definitely see a sign or raise one down here, no doubt. Yeah, but, yeah, like yep. the, the elements would probably be quite challenging, I imagine. Big swells and whatnot. The elements, um, but the blokes out of Port Mac did it, um, I think, on their first trip, um, just on the edge of the shelf or in one of the canyons there. So um, you may have to go a bit west um, to hit one of the canyons closer to them with a bit more flow and that. But, um, 
definitely on the cards if someone wanted to do it. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're not really a fan, are you? I think you described them once as a, a deep water shark or something. <laughs> yeah, look, I've caught them on the cube during, during the day. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I did it while I was quite young. And, yeah, that, that is my description of them. They're just <laughs> too brutal for me, mate. I'm too weak. Like, I don't go to the gym. I not eat Cocoa Pops, not Special K, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole experience. Yeah, if I had an electric reel big enough, yeah, we might go get one, but... Yeah. You're going out at night, Dave. It's like shutting your eyes on the Gravitron back at Luna Park days. You know oh. what I mean? It's just not everyone's cup of tea. No, no. Thank God for daytime sword fishing because I would yeah. not deal with the nighttime out there. I've hey. tried that before. No, hey, no, I did. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's all right. Speaking of big fish, Matt, I wanted to ask you, when's your barrel prediction of when the first barrels should start showing up down Portland? Look, I haven't spoken to anyone else about this, Joey, but... Um, the young fellow that gaffed that Mako for me the other month, um, Lewis, he was out last week and he showed me some photos of some soundings of him. Um, and that was just in the middle of Bridgie Bay. And um, he came back to Cape Grant in the afternoon and reckons he had a couple of shots. So that's just wow. between you and me and the fence post. But they've been sighted by Dan Howey like two months ago down the island. Um, yep. So they're definitely zipping past. Um, the water in the bay is 19 degrees at the moment and it's sort of, 17.8 where we're catching the schoolies so they'd be definitely going through it you know it just depends where they're going to stop or where they're going to encounter someone's lure that's all absolutely i mean that that must amaze you that fishery i mean like back in the early days when they first rocked up it was such a novelty um and it was a flash in the pan sort of thing every season and now it's like like you said if you if you hardcore targeted them right through summer you'd probably be encountering them it must be pretty amazing for you to have been there from the 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 conception of the fishery, the inception of the fishery, and um, through to now where it's it's truly is world class. Oh, it's been sensational, and the fact that you know um, the old sort of hearsay and and scaremongers by the commercials, they've just let Victoria sort of manage their own little fishery, and that's allowed the fishery to f flourish, and the results speak for themselves, and um, the amount of money it kicks back into the community, the amount of community it creates. It's just undeniable, isn't it? Like, who would have thought you'd have going on out of Western Port and Port Phillip Heads what we, we have, you know, every summer now? Yeah. No, you really do have to pinch yourself sometimes, Matt, that's for sure. Um, you probably notice yeah. a, a, a bit of a decrease in traffic down your way, which maybe you, you like, maybe you don't. <laughs> oh, no, there's definitely been a decrease, but that's <laughs> that's fine for me. I, yeah. I've just um, come to a realisation that I can't work all hours of every day anymore. Yep. I did this for. I did come back to this industry for a lifestyle, and I don't want to be angry, Matt, anymore. I want to enjoy my days, and I do. So, yeah, if that means working a little bit less and keeping sane, well, that's what I'll do. That's awesome, mate. Um, thanks so yeah. much for your time. You've been super generous, and we would like, love to have a bit more of an in-depth chat with you down the track. Um, I don't know if you want to maybe give yourself a bit of a a uh, mention your charters where you're running out of your phone number and whatnot so people can get in touch with you and jump on board for their dream fish yeah just down at um uh, matthew hunt fishing services on the facebook's the best place um for me dave or yep. it's um 0419 is my my business number and um yeah if anyone wants to chase a fish out of portland in the next six eight months i'll be here and um we take groups of up to eight we prefer five or six and um Either half day or full day, uh, offshore or bay charters, we can take care of you down here. And, and hey, Matt, do you have any spots for the long weekend still available? 
Um, we may have something Monday, Joe. If someone's interested Monday, we've just got to check that weather forecast. Um, yeah, a bit go. of rain coming Sunday, but yeah, we may be able to do something Monday. Yeah, and and well yeah. worth going down there because Matt wants um was very nice and bought us all beautiful fish and chips and souvlakis down there at Portland, Joey, and I think they were probably worth the five, six-hour drive in themselves. So, uh, <laughs> big, big Pete does all right. No yeah, worries mate. about that. That was beautiful. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the opportunity, eh? Yeah, thanks very much for being patient with us. We had those tech issues, but, yeah, great to talk to you, Matt. Good on you. Have a great season. Appreciate ahead. it. Thanks, Matt. Thank See you. you. Mate. Good on you. There you go, Joey. We got there. Yes, we did. <laughs> Oh, man. That's right. We're just settling into our new digs. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> and I don't even know what happened there. I thought we had that perfectly set up, but at least we got onto him in the end. Um, it's all good. It was looking a little bit dismal there. But, no, nah, Matt's a, a great character of the fishing, fishing industry. He's been around for a long time, um, you know, from back in the Shimano Explorer days there in Western Port when the old elephant whacking days were going on. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they used to get slaughtered, the poor elements. <laughs> and now he's a uh, stalwart of the, the uh, tuna and um, bottom fishing industry down there in Portland, Joey. Um, you know, if you're down there and you've been tuna fishing down there, you've most likely heard Matt's voice over that radio. Happy to chat to anyone and uh, quite friendly. And, and, and Port Phillip snappering as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, mate. Very good on those as well. Very good. Hey, we got some, um, we got some questions. Mate, we do have some questions. Yeah. I feel like you've jumped the gun there a little bit, but that's oh, all right. That's all right. Oh. This is a variety show, right? right we're <laughs> we're mixing keep it, up. Mix we do, it up. We normally do them last, but I think <laughs> you've jumped the gun a little bit. Um, yeah, no, plenty of people have written in. Joey, uh, Marlon Magic has asked, did Richie Abella get Marlon today? Um, I guess he did. I don't, we're not really his official spokespeople, but uh, I believe uh, the Marlon bite was quite good out of uh, the South Coast today. So it was, I'm sure Richie was amongst them. It was exceptional. You were getting, Dave was getting mail just before we went on air tonight about everything that was happening down at Bermagui. Well, yep. I should say up at Bermagui. Yeah, I spoke about that briefly while I was trying to cover for you, trying to fix our tech issues, Joey. So <laughs> 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 you wouldn't have heard any of it, but I did ramble briefly. Um, Marty Phillips wants to know a bit about trip preparation and rigging. A general question, but a quite a good one, really, Joey. I mean, they say that, you know, the one percenters are what's important. Um, what do you like to do, Joe? For, for rigging? Yeah, what's your, what's your pre-trip trip prep? Maybe yours is more in the food realm. Maybe you're the foodsman and I'm the, oh, the is this, rigman. Is this general? Yeah, I was just, you know, Dave, um, Dave's our rigsman. So, but no, for, oh, I'll talk about the non-fishing things. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this might sound so silly, but actually checking the weather and packing the right clothes <laughs> yeah, you want to be comfortable. I'm serious. Yeah, I um I, I jetted up to Naruma uh, two weeks ago, and um you know with just t-shirts and and shorts, and it was blowing southerly, and it was cool, and um there was rain, and I didn't have a rain jacket, so you know check the weather forecast right up until literally three hours you're about to uh go, so make sure you got the right clothes. Um, yeah, make sure I've got eskies if I want to take fish, um, any any uh, utensils. Make sure you got money. Make sure you got seasickness. Make sure you got a damn good attitude, eh? Make sure you got a damn good attitude. <laughs> a can-do attitude. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, it starts a trip prep starts. Um, I think it's subconscious. I think my brain goes. I think we're going to catch that next. And um, like recently, it's been. I think we're going to catch marlin next. 
Oh, thanks, Wild Chicken, for throwing some money across there. You're a bloody legend, mate. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, my brain goes, I think it's Marlon next, and then subconsciously I start wandering into tackle stores and, um, you know, jumping online and buying all the Marlon gear I need. So it's like um, uh, owner Mutu circle hooks and 200-pound trace, and I start making up rigs and all the various other things you you need to do. So it starts sometime out from the trip. Um uh, you know, obviously it's good to be ready to go so that if a bite, a really hot bite happens and you happen to have the time off and you're able to go, you can chuck it all in the boat and away you go straight on the fish. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is the ability to move quickly and if you're ready to go uh, and prepared, then you can do that, Joe. But, yeah, a lot of tackle prep and then obviously you've got to go over the boat, make sure that that's all ready to go, um, you know, for towing the trailer, bearings, etc. Yeah, bear, bearings is an important one, towing long long distances. That's it. Um, tow cars, fishing gears all in the boat, set up. Electronics are good. All that sort of things. So, yeah, there is a lot to it. Um, and then uh, eventually you finally get to put a line in the water and hopefully catch a fish that makes it all worth it. Good question. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so Daniel Riosa has said, a bit tongue-in-cheek, I believe, can you talk about Edencraft? I feel they're not spoken enough about <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we talk about Edencraft that much, Joey, do you? Oh, I don't, I don't but I absolutely love your Edencraft. <laughs> I'm a fan. I really am. Uh, we can go really fast and it's comfortable. I, I would say to that, I feel like um, I feel like the Bass Strait fan club's a little bit more vocal than the Edencraft. You know that, Joey? Oh, really? And I'm going to put it out there. They're virtually the same boat. So, uh, yeah, the Bass Strait and uh, now... Daniel, you've bought a uh, Caribbean, I believe, so I'm sure that'll be the new popular thing because you're quite the boatfluencer, as I <laughs> mentioned to him earlier. <laughs> uh, all right, next one is uh, Team Born to Fish. Is Dave going to chase whiting or tuna over the long weekend? Oh, it's a tough choice. I reckon I would be on the whiting this weekend, Joey, but uh, we've got events on that we've already spoken about, weddings and that, and um, I think I've already missed out on the, the big whiting challenge that was held over the weekend. Oh. Was was it this past weekend? Yeah, I think it was. But did anybody catch a one kilo whiting? I don't know about one kilo, but there was some quite solid fish caught in that little competition, Joey. I'd love to catch a one kilo whiting one of these days. I absolutely I would. Hey, you've spoken about it a bit recently. Yeah, I know. Like it's a, it's an angling Mount Everest. It is. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a crack one day. Um, so we're on the... Uh, Sim Dantra says, we're on the New South Wales coast. Will the marlin bite be next week? Uh, mm. it seems like Burmese shaping up quite nicely. And the other thing I might mention is that there is an Alliance fishing competition on next weekend at Bermagui. So um, uh, if you're involved in that, good luck. And if you're not, worth going up there and uh, getting amongst that. There'll be some big boats and some big fish caught. Well, the boats won't be caught, but there'll be some <laughs> big fish caught. Um, yeah, so that covers that question, I reckon, Joey. Now, I've got one for you here. The Roach Life wants to know, worst fishing trip ever where everything went wrong. You got one of those, Joe? Oh, I can just own the, the one thing that springs to mind is, um, and look at this, is probably a few trips um, put into one trip. It's, it's when you've uh, travelled a long, long way, um, either down the far west coast. Um, you know, I think we've gone to... Port Mac or go all the way up to um, 
Eden or, or Bermagui even, and the the weather is just it's not what it's supposed to be. Um, it's calm when you leave the harbour, and when you get um, out offshore to you know, 30, 40, 50, 80 k's, and the wind just puffs right up, and you basically have to come home, and um, yeah, you've you've wasted all that uh, those resources. But I guess that's what you just kind of have to ex- expect when you've um, take part in this kind of sport. Um, it's mother nature at the end of the day. So, but yeah, we take the good with the bad, and when the good days uh, make up for those ones that prevent us to go fishing, um, yeah, we're definitely thankful and grateful, and really enjoy it, Dave. So yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's, there is a lot of crap trips that go into the good ones. Um, yeah, and people just think, you know, like we talk fishing um, a lot. And like we, we catch all the time. There's plenty of times where we don't catch. And, um, you know, we've, we've got day jobs as well. Like this is a passion for us. Oh, no, I think people know that we suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably my worst one that I can think of. Um, it's been a few, but there was a swordfish trip, which already they have the potential to be quite Terrible those trips because it's long runs, a lot of fuel, and um, quite hard to catch the fish that you're after. But um, there was one where we rocked up to uh, Lakes Entrance and the bar was cranking, and we sat there for about two hours watching the bar at Lakes, and then um, had a couple of little looks at it and turned around, and then we um, gave up on that and decided we'd go out of uh, Conran, Cape Conran, because um, we could get out of there. So we went out of there and our big plan was to stay out overnight off Cape Conran. And, um, yeah, by the time we got out there, it was about 5 p.m. Um, we'd planned to fish the afternoon, but that escaped us. It began to get dark and uh, there was quite a swell, a roll-on. In fact, the whole punch out to the fishing grounds, I could only do about 20, 30K an hour, which when you're doing 75K runs or probably a little bit more, that's a very slow, bangy trip. And um, looking back, I probably should have pulled the pin a bit earlier. We got out there, it was very rolly and um, I had some fuel in a jerry because initially we were going to go a lot further and I thought, you know what, I need to, I'd rather have this fuel in the boat than uh, be carting around fuel tanks. So I went to put that in and that splashed around a little bit. So we had fuel vapours, dark night and rolling seas, Joey, and that immediately created the Vomitron 3000. Yep, <laughs> took the words out of my mouth <laughs> A very long night. Once you're out there at night, you know, there's no going anywhere else, so you just have to somehow battle through and put up with it. The plan was to fish all night and have a good old time, but nah, we were uh, just hanging on for dear life, bit of vomiting and getting small sleeps in the cab until the glorious sun rose up the next morning <laughs> and ended, <laughs> ended our pain. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of the probably worst ones that come to mind, but uh, yeah, so... For me, it was that one. There's been many more, but that was an absolute shocker. Uh, so, Bo Alley, one of our favourite, uh, fa- one of our favourite people who likes to contribute to the show. You you dipped your toe last week in with a dating story, which ended quite abruptly, and he wants to hear the whole thing. Oh no! Hashtag Joey <laughs> is the man. No, that's a that's a, you know. Let's catch up for a beer, and we can we can have stories like that. <laughs> You're no fun, mate. No, well, I'll just jump right in. Boelie's been uh, asking for a while for something else <laughs> on the podcast. What's that? Oh, I think it was something, something from a musical nature. Oh, hang on a second. 
He's been asking you to slap the base. Yeah, and we've um, we've set up into the new pod studio, and uh, yeah, we've um, so so Bo, this one's for you. Been asking for a little while. We're just gonna do some uh, base improv on the spot here for you. Got it all set up for you. Just give us a second. You can keep talking for a second, Dave. Mate, I'm absolutely pumped for this. I've known Joey for a long time, but I've only seen him perform a couple of times, and he is truly a world-class bass musician. And uh, I know you were all tuning in for a fishing podcast this week, but by God, you've got yourself a performance. <laughs> Here we go. The man, the myth, the legend, Joseph Fernand. All right. Still prepping himself. Yeah, here we go. Um, okay, so we got some bass here. Ooh, well, that sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? That, that sounds nice. All right, here, here we go. This one's for for Bo. I'm gonna just stand back a little bit. <laughs> All right, here we oh, go. I'm so excited for this. That's a bit rough, but Bowie, Bowie's been asking for a little little while, so that, that one goes to you, Bowie. I feel like you've absolutely nailed that, and that was the performance of a lifetime, and you're just trying to play it cool, mate. Uh, to my well, untrained ears, that sounded exceptional. Thanks, um, Davey. No, nah, really good. Now my turn. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to everyone. Uh, another great question, uh, since we're still doing questions, from Harry, Harry Taylor. He said, when chasing tuna, unwritten rules of blue water fishing... Birds, bait balls, etc. What boat has right away do's and don'ts in that situation, and maybe touch up on the coming coming barrel season and what we hope to achieve this year with that personal goal for his crew is to try and get one top water. That sounds pretty good. Uh, so do's and don'ts of. Uh, wait, 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 wait. We're we talking about top water again. No. Why? Why? Because yeah. I told you about top water. <laughs> pop. Pop. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's it. It was mentioned. Okay. Um, no, we're talking about do's and don'ts of um, sharing water, the, the waterway with other 
users, I think, Joey, when we were... Oh, um, I was just totally on another <laughs> wagon right there, sorry. No, no, there was top water mentioned, and I see why you've gone to that. But, yeah, yeah so I think, um, yeah, when, you, when you're when trolling around or blue water fishing, it's just about being respectful of other water users, I suppose. Um, in terms of unwritten rules, I mean, there's all the main ones. Don't troll through the middle of a bait ball that someone's already working. Um, you know, don't maybe race around and try and get more than one shot and um, drive around like a hero instead of just letting uh, everyone go at a normal pace and have a crack at it. Um, maybe, here's one maybe, Joey, if you are fishing top water and you're on your own bait ball and you have been there first and there's, um, you know, there's there's a few boats out, I think it's probably the right thing to do would be to not troll through the bait ball that the, that the boat's casting at. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it's mainly just common sense, really. Um, you know, you don't don't run lures a million miles back because you're asking for someone to run over it. It's not really necessary. And um, just obviously give right of way, give way to your right, etc. cetera, and uh, be polite and have a good time because people go out there and get a bit competitive and a bit stressed at times. I find. Yeah, you know what I would like to see a little bit more. Like when you go up to New South Wales, like everyone, uh, even on the far west coast, everyone uses the radio. Not so many people on the radio um, locally. Um, and now that you know tuna's sort of becoming a local staple, it'd be nice to see a bit of radio um, etiquette. Yeah, there's a lot of secret squirreling goes on in Victoria, and um, un- unfortunately, when you do put things on the radio, it does seem to draw a lot of crowds in, and if they don't know how to drive through a workup or whatever, it can um, ruin it for everyone. The fish are thick. Like, they, they might be there one day and they're gone the next day. So, yeah, I think it should be more inclusive and, um, mm. yeah, everyone should be included. Um, and our goals for the coming big tuna barrel season, what we hope to achieve, Harry said he wants to do some top water. 100% I'd love to do the same thing. Um, just hoping the opportunity presents itself. I mean, the last few years I've just been basically – carrying a setup around that's an upsized version of the poppers and casting gear we cast at the small fish, waiting for a good opportunity. Um, but it hasn't presented itself. Well, to be fair, it probably has, and I've been already trolling and haven't been willing to stop and cast. Um, yep. There's that old chestnut. There's, we know trolling works so well. well so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you right now, Dave. Like you've, um, you've, you've done a lot more barrel fishing than me. Uh, when would be the best opportunity to cast at a barrel? Like what's the perfect situation? Um, you know, every tuna day is different. I've said that uh, many times, but what is the perfect recipe when you go, you know what, I'm going to pull that um, top water rod um, out and, and give it a flick. Like what needs to be happening? Well, I think obviously when they're busting up and you can physically see the fish, that's generally when it's a good time but to be honest when they are busting like that they're quite often locked in on the bait and it can be a little bit harder to draw a bite so one thing that um popping for the smaller fish has taught us is that there doesn't even really need to be much surface activity if you know that they're in the vicinity you've seen them with your electronics you can sit there confidently and cast blind be blind casting out these lures and the commotion caused on the surface by popping away will bring fish up from the depth. It will call them up from the depths, and you can you get a you can get a strike seemingly out of nowhere. 
that's where maybe we could be putting a bit more effort into our popping. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully this coming year. Now that we've caught, most people have caught a few of the big barrels that fish with us, we'll be able to change it up a little bit and have a crack at that sort of thing, Joey. Yeah, I was thinking more like, you know, they, they've got to be concentrated um, on a bait ball. And that's really funny you just said that because, like, the smaller fish, um, you've seen them in the vicinity on your electronics. Um, you know, quite often we see the barrels in the vicinity on our electronics. Um, you know, what's not to say you cast um, somewhere now and look it's hard going but it might work (laughs) yeah absolutely um yeah they're they're not usually in the same numbers as the smaller fish so i guess that's another thing you want to be in an area where you're marking or seeing a lot of fish to to invoke the the competition for them to come up and eat a top water lure um that's where trolling can be quite good because you can you know you're you're exploring ground but you're also actively fishing at the same time so um, yeah, you want to be in an area where there's quite a few fish and I think there's no reason why it can't be very effective. It's just a matter of putting the time in. Awesome. That's my summation. Now, Joey, I've got another phone call that we can make. Um, so I'm going to give it a go and let's hope that we can get onto this caller. We're trying them now. Hello, Michelle speaking. Michelle. Michelle. How are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> you're, li- you're live on Wind Against Tide. Oh, hello. <laughs> I, d- I didn't, didn't think we were going to get you for a minute there. I've put the call out a bit oh, earlier and then. Very professional oh. answering. <laughs> <laughs> I got something for Michelle. King Kong, Donkey Kong, mate. Look. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. She's, a, she's the catch of the week. <laughs> Michelle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, how are you going? It's uh, been a little while since we've had you on the show. You're a fan favourite. You've been very busy lately. Do you want to tell us a little bit of what you've been up to? Yeah, I have been very busy lately. It's been um, a very good start to the year. Um, I, As you all know, we had the, the Fishing Expo um, this year and it was a, a huge success and I think um, a lot of people we want it um, in the further years to come and maybe progress it a little bit and make it a bit bigger. Um, And then we had the World Fishing Conference, which was held in Melbourne, and that was three days of conference. And WERF actually won an international award for best project promoting diverse and inclusive participation in wreck fishing. So that was pretty awesome. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, they're the two big things um, that have happened recently. And, um, yeah, today I've been out and about on a, a charity um, lunch with um, some women in construction. So that was, again, it's a similar message to what WERF um, are trying to promote and um, and just, yeah, the equity side of things. Yep. And, um, yeah, so that was really good to hear some inspirational speakers today for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and now it was um, it was World uh, what was it? World Women oh, Women's International Women's, Day. That's the one. <laughs> International uh, Women's Day. Yesterday, which also made yes, me think of yesterday. you. Yeah, it was yesterday, but we went on it yesterday, so we thought today was a good day. To touch. <laughs> was a touch hey, base. It's all, it's all yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? It's no, it truly has been. Um, personally, I think it's been great to see the rise of women in recreational fishing. I know that there's been lady angles for a very long time but to see a whole bunch of uh, new up-and-comers coming into the sport and um, 
you know, they're pathways that yourself and Worth are providing and I'm sure that there's plenty of young kids that are looking up to what you're doing, Michelle. So, yeah, I think it's a really good message you're putting out there and I'm glad to see it and I can't wait to see where that one goes for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yesterday was um, International Women's Day, but it was also Worth's fifth birthday. Yep. Um, which is a huge milestone. And we had three groups running out of three different uh, locations. Um, we had Worth Locals. So we had a Rye session, which was six till eight in the morning. It was freezing cold, super windy, <laughs> but we managed to uh, land one squid a couple of pinkies, and I caught a pike off a salmon lure. Um, and we had just over 15 women attend that session. Then there was a Bass Coast locals group. Um, they were fishing off the beach, and they um, caught bigger pinkies than what we did. <laughs> um, and they had over 20 participants to that one. Again, the weather was horrendous, but they were all smiling. And then I think there was Maribyrnong, um, and they had over 30 participants there um, and were catching, um, is it a freshwater flathead? Uh, sort yeah. of like a, a two-pong? Yeah, like it, yes, those, yep. Oh, wow. Um, so cool. they were catching a few of those, yeah. There you go. I so, think I was telling you yeah. recently my mum went down to near, you know, Powlett River, I think it was, and she did at one of the yeah. WERF, um, she did one of the WERF events there. So she was... Learning to cast the woods, I believe. I didn't even know about this, Michelle. That she came back. She said, "Yeah, I've just gone down and done a worth event." And I'm like, "How'd you even know about that?" So the word's definitely getting out there. Um, and yeah, it's great. absolutely. Yeah, and we've got the shires support as well, and a few tackle shops are on board. So um, it's starting to spread like wildfire, and everyone's you know quite interested in it. And it's yeah, that's growing by the day. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic to see and, and everyone comes from all walks of life, uh, whether they're single mums or they, they could be widowed and they want, you know, that social connection. Um, there's a lot of um, people that have kids that just want to learn to fish to then take their kids. Um, yeah, so it's, it's fa a fantastic opportunity um, for people to come and social network and, and catch a few fish. Beautiful. Now, your own personal um fishing of late, or not so much fishing, you're boating. I've seen that you've got yourself a new vessel to fish out of. Yes, I've got a, a Highfields, um, it's an aluminium-hulled rib boat, so it's a little bit different to what I'm usually in, yep. and I'm really excited to um, get it out and, um, and venture in it. So it is, yeah, it's it's a very different vessel. To, um, so, I, you know, they're also not used to having an angler in one of their boats, so they're excited to see what I can actually do with it. Um, at the moment, it's it's getting set up with some rod racks and holders, um, so I can actually fish out of it. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to even wake surfing at the back of it, maybe surf the heads and launch yep. beach launch so I can go and get my um, big whiting. Yes, um, Joey will be keen on that. Yeah. He's been... Joey's yeah. been going on about one kilo whiting for the last few days, so he's very keen. Have you have you seen one? Have you touched one? Have you looked at one, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest is fifty-one centimeters. Oh, Joey. wow! Far out. <laughs> that's got to yeah. be close. That's got to yeah, be really close. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'd love to um, see how that little boat goes. Sounds awesome. It should open up a yeah, lot of opportunities. Yeah, you have to come for a ride. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe a bit of uh, beach launching 
Kingfish or something like that or Joey's one kilo whiting. Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just have to uh, not use the gaff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michelle, I've got a question for you. you. You're actually quite quite a good cook as well. Um, what's been some of your favourite uh, um, fish meals that you've uh, prepared yourself uh, lately? Uh, I actually am obsessed with um, Mount Martha mussels with, um, yeah, butter, garlic, chilli, some prawns in there, some fresh calamari that I catch. Um, Yeah, that's one of my favourite dishes. Do you do a bit of white wine reduction there with with that? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Well, Joey's reminiscing now, Michelle. He came, I think (laughs) I think it was his own birthday, and he came over to my house and cooked himself a birthday dinner out of. <laughs> out, we'd been kingfishing oh, that day. I know, and we'd been kingfishing that day, and we um, bought some of the mussels from down there at Flinders on the way in. And uh, Joey came over and uh, whipped everyone up some beautiful white wine mussels. It was uh, quite oh, exceptional. So good, very memorable, actually. That meal, Joey. Yeah, it's just you, you wouldn't think something like mussels. It's such a small amount of of meat, but. Like just Michelle was mentioning there, you know, butter, garlic, white wine, and just reducing that all with that um, fresh, natural seawater. It just has this most intense, beautiful flavour that even if you're only eating the smallest morsel of meat, it's just absolutely beautiful and you can't stop eating them and drinking the the, the juice. Michelle, we've got someone on the uh, live stream asking, where do you get these mussels from? The Mount Martha mussels? Yeah. Um, well, you can get them in most areas on the peninsula. So, Dramana IGA or there's the um, peninsula seafood shops as well. So, there's a little truck just opposite Safety Beach um, shops and yeah. I think the Dramana Industrial Estate. But, yeah, they're, they're in most local shops. Yeah. I, I recall the Muscle Man used to be on uh, Dramana Parade, just one straight back. I don't know if it's the same Muscle Man, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be the same muscle, man. We're really delving. <laughs> we're really delving deep into muscles for some reason. I don't know why yeah. the conversation's <laughs> gone there. But, I was like Joey said, there is a muscle man in Flinders too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joey calls yeah. himself the muscle man too. No, <laughs> it's not like Venice Beach, California. Different sort of muscle <laughs> man beach. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Michelle. Um, and I'm glad that we got you to answer the phone there towards the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was a little bit late. No, no, it's worked out beautifully. What have you um, What have you got coming up in the next uh, little while with fishing and worth and all that sort of thing, just to finish on? Um, so we're going to have a few more worth events coming up, so more local, um, local days, tackle shop talks, um, hoping to get out and about a little bit more. Um, I need to get in the boat and actually start doing more fishing because uh, I feel like I've been talking a lot about fishing and not actually going myself. So I'm really keen to, um, yeah, get the boat back and and hopefully launch it um, next week and, yeah, just more adventures. Um, and then, yeah, my, my goal this year is I would actually like to maybe do a little bit more media and TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you, yeah. you're involved with AFN. I believe. Is that I am, still yep, I yep. am involved with AFN at the moment. Yep, so I'll be filming with Bill um, very soon. Um, I get to choose what two episodes I want to do. So right. hopefully people can give me some ideas on what they, they would like. But Joe's, vo- I, Joe's I voting one stay. kilo whiting. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won't give away my lighting spot. <laughs> uh, sorry, I rudely cut you off there. What, what were your plans? Um, yeah, no, so I just want to keep it more educational and uh, and local so it's, you know, more accessible for people and, um, yeah, because a lot of fishing shows sometimes they are a little bit, um, you know, less accessible for people. You need to have a lot of money to go to certain locations so I sort of want to keep it local um, you know, targeting our bread and butter species and then, you know, showcasing like some of the areas that we do have in our backyard and where you would find them. That's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. And, well, and Shelley, you, you're out uh, fishing at all over the long weekend? Uh, I'm staying uh, in Lawn for a couple of days. So I'll be right on the Erskine River. Um, we've got a couple of piers that I could go fish, uh, maybe some beach fishing. Any any tips? Any ideas? Ooh, um, Ooh. I think Lawn Pier is quite reasonable for squid and gummies. And I don't think they get a massive silver trevally around the pylons there off uh, off Lawn there. It's quite an impressive it's structure deep. down there. I've done Very a few, deep. Done a few pier walks. Haven't wet a line, but it looks like a good area. I reckon if you yeah if you hucked a big bait out, I reckon there'd be a few bronze whales going through there this time of year too. <laughs> <that sort> of. <laughs> she doesn't want to do that. She can do that no, at Rye Pier. <laughs> I like to keep my karma well with the sharks since I'm a surfer. I, I just, yeah, there's some, some species I won't target. You know, I keep my karma. <laughs> oh, no, you just you bring them in, give them a pat, and you send them on their way. So, <laughs> just yes. introducing yourself. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. Uh, thanks for so much for coming on, Michelle. We appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you again with you soon. And um, hopefully you can come out for a fish with us and film some, some stuff for Win Against Tide if you're uh, – if you're um, allowed to, you know, you don't have too many conflicting yeah, absolutely. interests. Absolutely. No. <laughs> you don't have, a, you don't have a, a contract that says you're not allowed? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, I'm a free agent. <laughs> beautiful. Love it. All right. Good on you, Thanks Michelle. For we'll me, catch guys. up with you next time. Thanks, Michelle. All right. See you later. See Joey. There you go. Great yep. to hear from Michelle. Yep. Well, I couldn't help but notice in the background there's a bit of a bust up going on. Oh, really? <laughs> the hump headed. Chicklets. Petrochromus school. Were they, were they patching up? Were they schooling Mate, up? Mate, they were doing some pretty cool things. I reckon you should chuck some food in there. Yeah, it can uh, continue uh, on and we can uh, we can get some feeding happening. A live feeding. Well, I'm sort of thinking that this could be the crescendo of this show, Joey. A live bust up. We've never had a live bust up on the show. So Joey's beautiful tropical fish tank and here we go. He's getting ready to put the fish food in. They're, they're patching up. They're getting a bit aroused. Here we go. Oh, no, Look at them. What do you mean? Well, it's all right. They're very into it. They're already chasing you around the tank. The Here we go. Oh, they're attacking your hand. This might not be great for audio listeners, but by God, it's exciting visually. Huh. They've sort of lost interest. Oh, they're eating them. There you go. That was like a... Bust up of uh, barrels, a very yeah. boring bust up. Yeah, I know. I just, um, you know, I just think you just, uh, I need to, you know, maybe put a popper in and just. Well, maybe you could. <laughs> maybe you could starve them before the next show. Would that be all right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that. No, I love them. They're my, they're my pets. You know, some people like dogs and cats. I love fish. These are the fish we nurture. I told you this before, Davey. <laughs> no, I, I, well, 
Bloody exciting. You told me that wouldn't be a very exciting feeding session, but I still made you do it anyway. No, see, like, they're actually a bit like Snapper. They just kind of mooch along the sandy floor and, and you know. Kind of smart. Why compete at the top of the water when all the, you know, the action's at, when they can just let it drop to the floor and eat at their own leisure? Like, you could just run your Faruno over there and they would just <laughs> mar- arch up, just like, that would be perfect. <laughs> Perfect hey, sounding marks right there. I'll bring the transducer over next time. We might do some <laughs> sounding <laughs> and see what comes up. All right, Joey. It's been another uh, interesting show. Oh, it has. <laughs> as we look to get back on air again. Um, but We're getting there. <laughs> we absolutely, you know, we covered some good stuff. So next week we'll be back again and we'll be uh, on the improve again technically. Thought we would have had it all lined out this week, but... She presents some glitches, the old tech world. Uh, that's all right. Everybody have a magnificent long weekend. Hope you get out in the boat. Hope you fish. Um, hope you enjoy your family and friends. And we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Love you all. <laughs>